0: What's up man you back to Soul 101 podcast here we are back at the b side show it's good to be back I'm here with uh my guest my first very special guest that I had on first uh Danny sales of liquid image we did a part one and uh as promised man we we're gonna get into a part two so here we are man it's uh, November second dear de los uh what <laughs> I'll say i don't know i was gonna say some other word I wanted to say but I couldn't like I got a brain fart anyhow yeah, so a special episode, man. we got got uh, Danny with the part two back. We also have Evie with us co-hosting for the day because uh, Rabbit was out of town, and he should be back. He might walk into the door still, and we'll gladly accept him when he shows up. But welcome to it, man. Uh, Danny, say what's up. Evie, say what's, what's going going up. You guys say what's up, man. Welcome to the Soul 101 Podcast. This is episode cinco, episode five, man. And uh, <laughs> October, like I said, it's October 2nd
1: november november 2nd, <laughs> 2nd.
0: i'm tripping yeah, yeah. i'm not even drinking it Yo, I'm 2019 <laughs>
1: is flying by real quick but hey thank you all so much for having me here you're definitely welcome. definitely oh, was stoked to listen to the first episode and oh. learn so much about y'all's younger days and how you slowly started getting into the grind you know and definitely uh curious to delve more into that
0: definitely a journey yeah danny so um i mean the floor is yours bro i mean on, on episode one I did talk maybe too much. It was my very first podcast. Oh, no. I You know, that was my first podcast. Well, same here.
2: So I didn't know what the hell I was doing. You know, I was just kind of winging it. I was just following your lead.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was waiting for you to really jump in more and talk a little bit more. And you kind of
2: did, but I think I was like really... And we touched a lot of good stuff. You know, our background of me and you, how we met and going through the party scene and then how we got into... Manufacturing your products and other people's products, CDs and shirts and stuff. So that yeah. it was a
0: good story. Yeah, man. So uh you know, I gotta stay consistent, be persistent, and keep this podcast going. So uh, you know, we took a very long hiatus, a little break. You know, there's like about a I don't think I think the last episode was with um Toker was my last John, right, it was my last uh, guest. John's and that was Wilson. back in uh I don't even remember. That was, that was like about least, a month ago. Yeah, it about a month, month yeah. and a half ago. So yeah. Um the reason for that was I've been trying to get other guests on board. As you guys probably seen, if you follow me on my Instagram page, you've probably seen that um I was supposed to have Richard Sneed of Norwalk Records. Oh, yeah. And that's still down the pipeline. That's still gonna happen. And of course Mario and Carlos of Sounds of Music, I wanna have those three guys at the uh the round table here. Old and, business associates. Oh yeah, those are yeah. the those are the OGs right yeah, there. Yeah. The ones Richard. Are, <laughs> yeah, they own the record stores and, and they're the, they were the go to places where most of you guys would go and, you know, I mean, for the most part, go and grab your rare soul, oldie CDs, and they've seen everything evolve. They've seen the changes through the times, man. Those record stores have been around since like the late 50s.
2: Yeah, and I was there a whole lot because I delivered a lot of the product there for the labels. A lot of the record labels would tell me, you got to deliver or meet us there, or can you drop, a, you know, 20 yeah. boxes there? Right, or right, right, right. Whatever it so, was
0: it's really you know imperative that i get those guys on to like share Mm -hmm. um their view of the soul scene that Mm -hmm. now exists you know how how they seen it and grow so anyways i've been trying to get those guys on but to get they have a real hectic schedule Mm -hmm. you know weekends ain't the best days for those guys so i want them all at one table so i was really working hard to get those guys on for like the whole month man i've been that's what i was working on but it just we just couldn't get the dates locked in. They were busy. Things came up. So, um, And I really wanted them on. I should have just moved so on. So you called your old standby. Yeah. yeah. The, the, old oddness, st- <laughs> the old
2: standby, huh? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. So I should have moved forward with the next guest. And then I was like, you know what? Like, Let me just get these part twos out of the way, man. We had Danny on for part one. He was yeah. our first guest. You know, I, you know, I hate to call you a filler. No. But, uh, it's all right. That's what we're no, doing, No, it's man.
1: exciting. It's exciting because, you know, I grew up to some of those CD comps. And, you know, just listening to the very first episode and then hearing about cats like you who were behind, mm-hmm. you know, designing. But it's it's much more like we talked about just a bit ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, just it goes beyond just designing. So I am curious to, you know, just start it off with. All right. So
2: how did I get to that point?
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, because you're a graphic designer.
2: Right? I, or, I'm yeah, still a graphic designer. Tell
1: us a little designer. bit about, you know, just overall, like, so, different hats you wear. But, you know. <clears throat> All in connection to this.
0: So yeah. how I got there was, um, well, before you speak or anything, Daniel, yeah. what's your focus for the day? I know the floor is yours, okay, so, so m- today I'm gonna let you talk, okay. opposed to like my first episode where I was really kind of like dictating the show and talking. Today I want to really let you like have the floor and, and yeah, and take but the still direction. ask the questions oh, so yeah. you help guide me through it. Both of you, yeah, yeah for sure. But um, I mean,
2: so know. my focus is kind of talk about the grind, hustle, life and how a person like me that came from nowhere basically almost an orphan uh got to the point where i was manufacturing and designing cds for this scene so and then beyond that so i'll kind of recap a little about what we talked about in part one (laughs) but i'm going to go back a little further real quick and i'm going to fast forward through all that try to get sounds
0: good yeah so so uh, uh and 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 for I mean this is your personal business I mean yeah you, you uh, people are you know if they listen to episode one they'll know that you sold the shop some years ago and that you ventured right. on to like other things that you're doing but you're you're the definition of an entrepreneur I'll tell you guys that right now yeah. I'm not sure if he's gonna share his stories about yeah. your entrepreneurship yeah and what you're doing now today you don't have to get into detail like yeah. exactly what it is but just like because you're still on the cutting edge and, yeah, I'm and all over the place I do a lot of different things right but. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully we'll, hopefully we'll hear a, a taste of all that. But if not, worst case scenario, man, you're still going to get more from Danny. And we're gonna, he's going to take you back to, like, um, just how. Yeah, I'm going to
2: go back, yeah, talk about, you know, how it all worked out. So, really, my hustle starts from not having anything, just like probably other people out there. And just the wanting to be free in the world and having to build my own and do my own. And when, when did this idea, like, first, like, hit your
0: head? Like, when did you really, fo- you know, You know, think?
2: the first thing I could think of is uh, I remember, and I don't want to bring up family too much, but I think I was, like, 12, and I remember getting ready for school. And at this point, I was living with my mom at the time. And I remember she got a phone call. And you, you probably never heard this story. Probably not. No, but me and George know each other for a long time. And I remember she was saying, oh, no, I can't be fired or I can't be laid off. I have rent to pay. I, I got bills to pay. I got a mouth to feed. And she started crying. And I just, in my head, at that young age, I said, I can't believe a company has control over someone else's life that way.
0: Yeah.
2: I said, how is it possible? Wow. Right? Mm-hmm. So at that time, I remember... You know, at that time, I didn't say, oh, I'm going to start a business next day. But, I mean, at 11 years old, I was like, I had that in my head.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
2: it was like a year later, I remember finding all these, and I don't want to go into great detail, but I'm going to say I found all these ceramic uh, pins that go on a shirt. And this is, you know, in the 80s. Right. And I took them out of the trash, all of them, and I started uh, painting them. Where was this place at? Where did you find these trash? uh, It it was an apartment complex in their trash Uh where I was living at the time. And I pulled them out of the trash, and I got all my little friends over there, and I said, look. I go, we're going to paint these, or we're going to sell them to everyone in this apartment complex. It was a huge apartment complex. I said, we're right. going to sell them. We're going to go everywhere. We're going to make money do- off of door it. Door to door. We're going to do whatever it takes. They're not good designs. These are brand new. I go, we can do this. I had 15 kids helping me paint till like 5 in the morning. Wow. And the next day, we went out trying selling them all and making a little bit of money. And that's where it started, really. And yeah. I, I saw a value in things.
0: You saw value in something that was in the trash. Well, yeah. It was just your own thought process. It was, yeah. The entrepreneurship it was really young. Like, that you was really that young. Was, yeah.
2: So later on. Did you guys sell them all? No. It was thousands of them. Oh. I mean, we just made a few box, small boxes for everyone just to carry in their hand. And they all made their own money. Everyone made their own money. They oh, were just man. like, wow, that was really cool, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it was something we talked about for a while.
0: It do you, was do you remember neat. what they were? You said they're ceramic. But they what were ceramic
2: uh, hearts. They were ceramic stars. Some already had some kind of pre-printed screen print on it that oh. would like the flag. And then you would just add to it or whatever. Were they originally all just white? Or? They were all. Some were white. Some were pre-printed. And they had a button in the back or a magnet so you can wear it on your shirt. This oh. is the 80s. Right. Buttons were a thing then. Mm-hmm. So they're still a thing now, they're still thing yeah. now. Yeah, they're back. Yeah, so that's where the grind kind of like it was instilled gotcha. into my brain. Yeah, I never heard that one. That, yeah, that's a new story, right? So mm-hmm. from there later on in school, uh, I seen people throwing parties, and then that's how we talked about parties. Yeah, and then me and you, one, me yeah. and your brother met, we got on to doing parties. And like I was telling Evie, was when I threw parties in my teenage years at 15. Mind you, I'm all over the street. I had nowhere to go. George basically found me out of a gutter and put food in my mouth and clothes on me, and I lived with them. Yeah. I mean, I was there was, I was all over the place, broken home completely. Um, we threw this party, and I remember I was telling Evie though I said, I would pay my friend's mother that couldn't even pay have enough money for to pay rent. I would say you just give me four hours, and I'll give you 150 bucks, 200 bucks for four hours and i go and you'll have the money for the rent because i would over here they're stressed out for some reason those things would just travel through walls through hallways and find it into my ear yeah. and that's how i would just get my way into finding a house to throw a house party at so i would be like okay well i'll pay you and i would pay him up front and then i would only have 20 dollars in my pocket I paid for myself to be in uh, adult school at 15 i'm at an adult school yeah where there was no kids in there, just adults, but they felt sorry for me and they, they let me go. Uh huh. So I'm printing flyers in there for free, and you know, twenty dollars, and then throw this party and promise everyone payment within the first hour. Right, so that was a
0: big gamble, man. That's a big gamble. Yeah.
2: But when you're but we we had a big we, we willpower. Yeah. You know, determination. You have no other choice in life. And you don't have any other source of money because you don't know where you're going to eat. You don't have any money to buy clothes. You don't have shoes. All those things are in my head. Not everyone else's head. Everyone else had homes or a way to get that. I didn't. So no one knew that at the time. So I was like, okay. Or when you are hanging out with your friends and they all buy something at the fast food, like a hamburger, I didn't have the money to buy that. I would have to say, hey, can you hook me up? who remembers that yeah, oh, can hook you hook me up. me up Hey, can you hook me up <laughs> i hated that it was embarrassing it hurt it scars yeah. right so these parties were that deep to me so i said okay i'm gonna make money i paid the dj give him his 100 bucks i found a guy that put a projector up and he would have nintendo 64 before nintendo 64 was even out yeah, pay know. him 100 bucks i mean i overpaid these people uh guest djs would come in pay them 50 bucks each and you're thinking, well, where's all this money? I mean, it's just a house party. No, these house parties were making like two to $4,000 a night at $3 a person,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, huge backyards.
2: And there would be swirls and swirls of people just coming in. I mean, they would just be coming in recycling bodies through the front door because people would come in and they would just be like in, out, in, out, after yeah, yeah. nine, another, and I would call the cops on everyone else's party because <laughs> I had to make sure this party happened. I had people to pay. I mean, it has Damn. to work. You hear that
0: man, you got, you, it has to work. That that happened. That was the thing, man. People were calling cops in other people's parties. That was, that shit was for real. I had to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was done to us too. It was done to us,
2: but I had a way of trying yeah. to make it work. But, um, I would have, I you know, I was telling you guys, I only had five girls on the crew. It was me and your brother, Angel. Yeah. The Mouse. And the. That would. And the go-go. Dancers. Run, yeah, and the go-go dance. We had. I mean, I built go-go boxes. At 15, yeah. huge. I said, no, they're going to be big. I mean, they're going to be 48 by 48. Then I said, no, it's too small. we gotta find out, We got to find out how to get these bigger. And then I would pay this guy. I go, look, man. I didn't even pay him after a while. I said, look, the girls will just ride with you to the party. You just get them there. Just to have girls with them. Because I knew, I. figured out guys were really stupid. So yeah. I said, if I have these girls, just go with them. They're going to start doing stuff for me for free. So yeah. I would just have girls around me all the time. I just had them h- hanging around. I said I got to have it them around me, and it worked. So then the girls would do stuff for me, and then I would have people selling drugs in the part that you usually kick out. I would say, "Look, just pay me something, and I'll, I'm not even going to bother you. Just give me a cut." Yeah. That had guys doing that.
0: Right. And so there, there was, was all kinds of. I was just
2: pulling on. money out from all these different areas. The door from that guy, from people selling other stuff, whatever it was. Right. So many people came that there was able, there was money to a lot of other things off and yeah. then we really got on top of it when we started doing headsets i mean 16 years old went to radio shack headsets on and i would be in the back could not be at the front anymore because people knew me they were like no nah, you you got to hook me up get me in for free come on come on you know I'd be yeah, like, nah, yeah.
0: No. you being been in the front everybody's like
2: hey that's Danny. let me in let yeah, me yeah so you couldn't be, in the, front no more, couldn't be so in the front no more
0: you don't put a stranger at the front door with the headset with the headset calling then, me yeah then i remember that yeah, yeah. We, we all had the headsets and we'd be talking to each other. You too, George. This, yeah. You were with oh, the headset. I had a headset. <laughs> oh,
2: George, every I mean, just so many people. I mean, four. we had four headsets, I paid mean hundred dollars each at Radio Shack. And, this I is ahead of the time, This man. the ahead of the time, you know. This was no cell phones then, remember that? Yeah, so yeah. that was the only way to make that work. I mean
0: there was walkie-talkies. We've seen people with walkie-talkies, right. but when you got the headsets, that was cool.
2: It looked legit. Yeah. I mean, it was just like wow. Like, what is this? I remember splitting up the money, like I was telling you before this show started, I would have other party crew heads be like, why is there so much money? And I said, yeah, it's like four grand. And they're like, dude, I only make like three or four hundred dollars at my parties. And I was yeah. like, no, I go, I mean, this is like normal. And, like, and we threw an indoor party, like a few of those, right? And they were like house parties, but in an indoor event.
0: You yeah, like Paradise Pizza. Yeah, no, um,
2: not even there. It was at, um, it was in. Warehouses. Just warehouses. Uh, I had them at, you know, different bars. I convinced the bar to let underage people in there and let me throw a party in there yeah. in Carson. Well, this is back then, though. This is yeah. back then, and I would tell him, look, I guarantee you $500 for four hours. I said, it's a guarantee, and it's going to happen. And I did. I paid it within the first hour because so, yeah. so many people came. Yes, yeah, so we had that
0: drive, and you had that conviction about you, man. So that's It's so- an
2: energy where I just believe when I say it's going to happen, I just I always used to tell myself this. I used to say, it, there's no other choice it just has to happen yeah, it has to happen and I, I say that till this day in everything i do and i use that to the point where i started doing printing when i opened my shop right and i remember i called you i said hey george i go you know what man i'm gonna open this shop up a print shop i always wanted to do a print shop when i was in the party cruising, scene i was designing my own flyers and then i started printing my own flyers and then i i remember we were all over the place george me and you living everywhere right because i ended up with your family yeah and
0: we lived in san diego we we we, um we kind of took over the scene we were there for one year man and we met dj call kid aztec out there in san diego who else was uh and
2: they were blown away not that i'm trying to cut you off but they were blown away that i was like they go we got to get a graphic designer i was like dude i'm a graphic designer we went to kinko's and we were just like designing there and sorry kinko's they don't exist anymore but i would just say okay well let's just leave now and that was it yeah. we would just print it out and boom we're out the door and not even pay i mean we had no money right <laughs> Yeah, we would just i was like we're in san diego we at the would time
0: dip out so i remember that kinko's was what, what, what it city was, like was a,
2: that oh i don't know it was somewhere it was like a two-story kinko's so we left there but, was that in paradise hills or oh, i don't I remember, remember. It, was, yeah. it was so long ago but i used that and it was my passion at some point i remember saying I gotta have a print shop, cause I don't know how to do nothing else. I can't work for anybody because I'll never stay there, cause I feel like I'm trapped, like a cat in a cage, like a cat in a cage. I don't know how to let a company control me, because I know that someone can just say your job's over and you're gone. And I, everyone else that's listening is gonna say, well, that's my life. That's what I'm yeah. going through. Welcome to the world, right? Yeah. Okay, that works for some people. They know how to work the job. I I'm like an untamed person i don't know how to do that because i won't show up on time to work yeah very determined very uh, i have a lot of willpower and i bring out this energy where i'm gonna do what i gotta do but i can't do that when i'm confined in a company right i just can't do it i don't know how to do it you gotta do it for yourself i gotta do what i gotta do the world i gotta be out there exploring the world i'm an explorer Mm -hmm. so i was like i gotta get out of here so um And I had good jobs. I worked at Sony Pictures doing movie pictures. I, I worked, remember. I worked at all kinds of stuff and I quit. I would just quit. People are like, oh my God, those are career jobs. I'm like, the hell with that job.
0: Yeah. I don't he, need that job. Yeah. He was working good gigs and he would quit them. Like, he would been there for a month or two. I and, was working
2: at a company that loved me. I would do two shifts. They're like, Danny, you want to stay a second shift? I'm like, oh, of course. I would do two shifts. And I remember. Uh, human resources said, you got to clock out, Danny, you got, you can't just work straight through. I said, I don't know how to stop. If I stop, I'm going to go home. Do you guys want me to go home? I talked to, talk to him like that. <laughs> I said, I'll just go home. I said, I don't even care about this job. I said, I will quit. I go, that's what kind of person I am. And I got, a, I got away with that for a, a year after I said that. Right. And then finally they said, you got to go. Cause you just don't listen to the rules. and yeah i actually trained the new guy and then they got rid of me that took your job (laughs) yeah i was like whatever you know but i didn't care like i wasn't hurt that was my last job because eight months prior to that i had already opened my first print shop in anaheim hills in 2007 and that shop i called george up i said george um i'm gonna open this shop up we hired a guy that we knew to run that shop he was horrible at it but he was in there and uh, what I opened up was a print and sign shop in '07. The whole market crashed, ending in 2007. No one had any money. Businesses were falling down. I'm in Anaheim Hills where there's a lot of money there. And I was buying equipment from people that were multi-billion dollar a million dollar companies that were downsizing into nothing or closing up or throwing equipment out. And I was there just grabbing it, taking it, and flipping it. Some of us taking it, sell it back on, on Craigslist when Craigslist was kind of like, Somewhat new, and I was just like, "Whatever I got to do, I got to make the money back." And if they had two perforators—the things that put the little holes in your check when you rip it off—right, they have two of those machines. I remember rolling nine ninety. I was like, "Oh my god, those things are worth like three grand." I would buy two, get them for hard like five hundred bucks each, and I would sell them back on eBay for like five grand, right? Because someone in Texas that really needed it, and the bid went really high, I got paid for it, and I would go buy other equipment or a poster printer. Next thing you know, I'm flipping stuff, I'm running a print shop, I'm on my feet, grinding, going door to door, going to businesses, using my charisma on, and this is all with $500 I started this whole business, believe it or not. 500 bucks got me into a, and I'm not bragging here, I'm hoping I'm helping someone out there understand that it is possible. 500 bucks opened up a 300 square foot print shop, and this is the smallest print shop that did signs, printing Um, I remember walking
0: in there and I couldn't even walk around in there, but you had it. It was you like doing it. It was a one man shot.
2: Laminator. I had a 44 inch laminator, 44 inch poster printer, an offset printing press, a camera to shoot film uh, and plates, and a big cutter to cut all the cards down, a DocuColor 12 uh, digital printer, uh, my graphic design station, and it all fit in a 300 square foot. It was so crazy. That I remember when Xerox would come service my machines, the they would say, This is I gotta take a picture and I gotta send it <laughs> to the corporate office because you are the world's biggest, smallest shop that does everything. He goes, I've never seen it. And yeah. he actually seen me after the shop blew up and I went into a bigger building. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I gotta shake your hand, man. He goes, I i never seen this. I've been working for Xerox for 25 years is I've never seen someone move so fast from something so small into having this big shop and it's huge. He goes, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that guy was cool. Yeah, yeah. So that grind, uh, that that uh, willpower and just determination got me over to the big shop, which we did, you know, we could do car wraps, we can do screen printing. And I remember calling George up evie and i told him i said george i got everything so whatever you need to do i'm here because i'll be here all night i said because i got work to do but if you want to bring something in and george paid and all that money just went right back into buying more toys yeah so george would come down started creating stuff and his archives jike i mean it's huge there's so much like what i say r&d it's crazy It's just you got so much stuff that's, like, that's never been released.
0: R&D stands for um, research and development. Yeah. Basically, we were printing shirts that never went out. Your shop was definitely my research and development hubble. Yeah. I would go there and just create with you, like, till you know, 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning. Yeah. I had to work the next day, but it was just so our minds were just so we were in creative mode. We did whatever it took to get that product out
2: is what we did so that means george said hey we're gonna make a shirt right and he'll be like hey this is the idea that shirt was probably redes. before we printed it the artwork was redesigned over and over again till it was to what he needed that whole night so it would be like five or six hours seven hours next day
0: daylight still there
1: so you'd be doing a lot of redesigning, and you'd be oh, right yeah. here, just like, ah, oh, let's see. Let's, and yeah. I, and
0: I was so grateful to have you. I mean, he's like my brother. We grew up together, and yeah. um, and anybody else would have to pay like thirty five bucks an hour. It was forty five dollars an hour to sit in with a yeah. graphic designer and mm-hmm. just like sit in with them and mm-hmm. like do that kind of stuff. But with him, I mean, we were just all night. Just it was like, so yeah. I had that advantage. I had, I truly did have that advantage. That's why I always had that little upper edge. He had
2: every he I, I told him, I said, whatever you need, it's here. So George would come frequently. I mean it was he was there every week for years. And he brought all his friends over. Nekagura came down. We did all the cities for him. We did all the cities for Lawso. We did all the cities for everything you could think of was remanufactured through that shop as well. And so many other people would call and ask me hey you didn't design it but we need more because that shop came uh, from being such a small shop into the big shop it was at a point where i said i can manufacture now the cds yeah
0: so and the equipment so we
2: bought everything cash no i had bad credit in that shop i had bad credit (laughs) i had no money you're saying well how'd you buy everything it was from the customer base so i had regular customer base yeah,
0: aside from all the cds like you you're printing you were making big yeah. giant signs so
2: what i'm trying to say is uh basically this podcast is about the grind and hustle and how to get ahead in life for whoever's Preacher, listening man tell, them, tell these
0: people out there who have no hope or who, so, who want to start their own because business. i'm not a collector
2: i don't collect records i don't collect 45s right. i love the music i love the the culture yeah i love all of it i mean
1: you grew up into it i
2: grew up into it i had no choice Was a lot of that
1: introduced through George, George. by the way? It was
2: through George because I met him as a young kid when I met him. I knew nothing of it.
1: So then you didn't, just on a quick side note, you didn't really ever hear any rare soul like prior or?
2: I heard music from him from when I was a kid. If it was rare or not, I wouldn't know because I was on a, I was focused on other things, but George always had music there. But it she's was saying no, before me. Well, before oh, me, before him, I didn't know
0: nothing. I was all over the street. I was all over the place. I had no stable home. Yeah, there was. Uh, yeah, he had no stable home. Wasn't um. And when I met him, he was like thirteen or twelve. Yeah, 12 so yeah. I mean, yeah. even if he did hurt anything before bringing me, him
1: to the parties yeah. like you yeah. yeah. mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
0: They basically felt
2: sorry for me, and no, they told me. say it
0: felt sorry. We just took. You know, we saw the situation you were yeah. in, and we were able to like you know. It was just the 90s, man. I mean, I don't just, just get say. in the
2: car and let's go. Yeah, Basically, that's how it went. They said, get in the car. And that was it, literally. So that hustle was to get to that point to manufacture those CDs was meaning that I paid people to walk on the street and put out flyers. I had printed from the shop. I, mean, I had no job. Okay. I mean, I already, you know, at this time.
1: This is 07, 08-ish. This is
2: 07. I'm an adult. I got to take care of myself. You know, and I got to get out there and do what I got to do. I have kids, so I got to grind, right? I got bills to pay. I got Leave
0: man. Quit your job or left your job and, and, and just went full I force, had no choice. Full force and of that.
2: So I went out and I got – I talked to people that were my customers. And I would say, hey, whatever you could do to help me out, I mean, I'll lower the price on your job right now if you can get me another customer. I would do whatever it takes. And they would say, you know, Danny, if you would just – get this job done tonight or tomorrow i'll get you another customer and you can charge me full price i would go back to the shop really? and I, <laughs> I would start everything up i would be there all night no sleep i think i went two or three days without sleep a few times no joke yeah that's hard let me tell you my body mm-hmm. felt it on the third day and it was a lot of coffee and bad 7-Eleven coffee, <laughs> the worst stuff that gives you. That stuff gives you the squirts. But yeah, anyway, that's squirts. the old story. Oh my god! <laughs> but let me tell you. Oh man.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I, can't I would hire our
2: friends. I would hire our friends that we knew. I would say, look.
0: Yeah, family friends. We had one uh, guy
2: called me. Goes, I got no food in the refrigerator. My old lady's on my back. We got a newborn. Can you help me? I will say, you know what. Get down here today because I need your help, and I'll pay you today. The day you work is the day I paid you. That's how I worked, right? So I had to go day by day to do that. So I would go out there. I'd call that company and say, okay, you guys need this, this, and that. Okay, it's done. Uh, One guy called me up. He goes, hey, we got 30 trucks that need to be lettered. Can you do one a day? You got to rip all the graphics off, towing companies. And they would say, well, bring a truck. You rip all the letters off, and then you re-letter it. I would hire these two girls I knew. And they would come and just sit there pulling with a heat gun, pulling all the letters off, cleaning it off, all the residue, and then I would re-letter it at night. I would be cutting all the decals out and then re-letter it like two or three colors for the tow company and did that day after day after day to ev- all 30 trucks That was a long
0: process because those, those are big letters and um, to mask everything up. And- we're not talking wheel
2: lift, small, like, pickup style tow trucks we're talking flatbeds and wreckers wreckers are gigantic trucks with uh, uh with a crane in the back and it comes over and it picks up a car huge trucks he know? was wrapping
0: those yeah when the whole wrapping industry barely took up was like boom yeah like starting to reflective do he jumped in
2: and all this stuff i was doing reflective stuff and i'll be like okay there was like can you get it done today i'm like bring the truck now trucks would come self-taught, in
0: self-taught without even really knowing
2: never went to school for this stuff yeah. i didn't go to school for that i went yeah. to school for a graphic designer and learn how to offset press i didn't go to school for signage and there was no youtube on that at 2007 there was a to youtube but they weren't showing those instructions at that time
0: yeah
2: so i literally had to just figure it out and cut the letters and then lay it down learn how to lay it down without getting bubbles on it and that was got it, me yeah. other customers other towing companies more jobs more jobs and moving the, i had a fuel company that just opened up one day and he goes hey i heard you did anaheim fullerton's trucks he's a friend of mine you did 50 of his trucks we got three trucks and we're gonna buy a truck every month he goes what do you charge a letter at told my price he goes can you do it in one day and i said yeah can you throw in another 200 bucks he was like of course and he goes I'm going to just write you a check already for five trucks right now. I'm going to pay you up front because I know you're good for it because everyone knows you. This is in Anaheim, right? I'm like, okay. So that money literally helped me boost the company up. I bought all the rolls, and then I held on to that money. I paid people to help me. It's all about reinvesting in it's yourself. It's just reinvesting. So, I mean, thousands of dollars were coming in, but for the company, not for me. I was still struggling, and I still
0: had bad credit. I couldn't and, just. And call this in. is like yeah. after the re- the recession and yeah. bad times. And w- what would you say to someone right now? Um, I know this is Soul One One podcast, and 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 you know, but I'm letting Danny talk about his hustle, his grind, his mentality, how he, how he kind of like you know became the person he is now, because he's in a whole different venture too right now, aside from printing. Because as you guys know, in episode one, he sold his print shop. And he's doing other things now that are making even, I think, even more money yeah. <laughs> than you did in printing.
2: Right. Yeah. It's doing great now.
0: Uh, but, um, but what would you say to somebody right now who's on the edge of like, quitting their job and wants to like, you know, take that leap and who's scared? You, you have to just do it, man. You got to, first of all, you got to
2: want that change in your life so bad that it's like breathing. You have to breathe, you have to eat to survive. So when you think of your future and where your destination is, you have to want that like nothing else. I mean, it has to be such a harsh feeling in your body that you don't even feel doing it. Like when I'm doing all the things I'm doing, when I was building all this this printing business, right? I didn't feel it. When I told you I stayed up three days, I didn't feel that till the third day because I was just like...
0: In the zone, doing it.
2: There was a restaurant that called me and said... We got it's goody burgers out in uh Palm Springs. They have 11 stores. He called me up because Danny come down here, sat out there. We ate all day. Greek guys, right? Right, right, Greek guys over there. And he goes, We need the drive through done. After we ate and we bullshitted the whole day, right? We went to all the stores and he goes, Uh, we need all the stores done. I was like, Okay. And he goes, you know, he goes, I'm going to give you the work. He goes, I believe in you. He goes, I can see it in you. He goes, you got it. He goes, you're going to do this, huh? And I go, yeah. He goes, okay. He goes, all right. He goes, um, I'm, he goes, you need any money? I go, yeah. I go, just can you just give me like 10 grand? And I said, we're good. I didn't even know he was going to give it to me. I just said a number. I don't even have 10 grand. I don't have money like that. He wrote a check. I goes, here you go. He goes, do all the stores. So I hired a friend, another two friends. Did all the stuff at the shop, and I started taking it out there and having it installed. Hired a crane, went up there on the roof, put the signs up. We did all the drive-through, the that light up when you order your uh, menu through the drive-through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. A lot of stuff is posted on my Instagram. That's just Child's one of Internet the stores.
0: YouTube. He has so many accounts. Yeah, like I that.
2: mean, I'm just tapping through what it took to get where I'm at. But when you present yourself in a way that you're showing your passion and you believe in yourself. Yeah, that's the key. People man. see it and they believe in you and they trust you because you're not playing around. Right. So if you're at a job and you're like, I gotta get out of this job and I wanna start my business, it has to be you have to give out that energy and you gotta have that that determination in you. And you have to believe in what you're doing. And you can't shortcut any deal. Yeah,
0: you, you can't half ass everything
2: that, huh? has to be perfect. I mean it has to be right. The you, timing um, You can't burn bridges. Yeah. You just can't. Because you never know when you need that person again. You never know if they're gonna refer you to somebody. So when I had a complaint, and I did, I got complaints. Color was off a little bit. Or it wasn't the right size, maybe, or I something was off. I had helpers and something was a little off. I would say, you know what, keep whatever's there. I apologize. It will be done today. And I would keep everyone, I, the complaint was, Danny, we got to go home. People work for me, I got to go home. I wouldn't let no <laughs> one go home. I would say, no, let's keep going. I go, you're going to make more money. Every every hour you're here, you're making money, and you're going to get paid today. They would say the next day to me sometimes, the, they would say all the way to the next day, they would get good money, but they're like, gosh, dang, you work us hard. But they didn't understand.
0: That was your drive. That
2: was my drive. And you're to them, they're to- like, I'm good for the next few days. I don't need to work. So I would kind of not call them back. I would get someone else, and that's what I did. I would just go, okay, who want, really wants to work? Because yeah. I mean, every I mean, if you got nothing else going on, why not stack that money away? You know what I mean? Yeah. that's really what it's about. You're trying to survive. It's a survival thing,
0: right? And that's so, you—that's your mentality.
2: That's my mentality, but that is a self-employed person, someone that's running a business. That is their mentality too. It's the yeah. same thing because there, there's goals to get to. You know, I see everyone on Instagram saying goals, goals, goals. They have that. It's like a thing they do, right?
0: But are they doing it?
2: Okay. They're doing it, whatever. But it's an image. And I'm not knocking anyone, but I'm saying, like, really, you got to really do it. Like, it's like a whole lifestyle. It's kind of like working out is a lifestyle. It's like you're doing the diet. You're actually working out two hours at 3 in the morning. You're doing those things. Right. Right. Business is a lifestyle. It really is a lifestyle. you got to really grind and you got to know how to go in and flip money. An example is this. I'm in a new business now. Well, oh, no, no. Let's go back to the shop. Yeah. Hey, uh, hey, real- hey, you oh, listen right.
0: to Soul one on one podcast, man. If you guys are like um, on the verge of like, you know, doing your own thing or wanting to quit your job or, you know, just taking your business to the next level. Um, yeah, this man, man here, man, I could vouch for him, definitely. Yeah. Uh, entrepreneur, man, I would definitely say that about him. So, uh, so what happened with this. the
2: shop was um, the CD game. So the shop's big now, right? Yeah. And George wants to do he, at this time, George, and uh, I keep bringing George up because he's the example. He's right here, and I don't want to, you know, and and is like my brother. So I'm going to keep referencing to him. But there was so many other CDs I made for so many other people and other labels that I repressed for. But right. I'm going to use an example. You had a large catalog at this time, very yeah. large catalog, and some other stuff that you were involved with. That right
0: there's a lot of other cds that, that people
2: don't know about that you were involved in yet you had your hand involved i had
0: my hand in a lot of other titles out there cd titles that that you I guys would probably say have. double the size yeah okay i think i work ta- i think at one time we had 40
2: cds that yeah we've put out so with that being said we had an issue and this is 2011 uh, 2010 2011 mm-hmm no one was doing 100 CDs or 500 CDs
0: at the time you had to at order that time. you had to order a 1000 minimum if you go to the replication houses right so i said okay that's an so issue that was an issue because that was a large chunk of money for just any joe Schmo to like want it want cuz a lot of people were starting to get into the cd game they're like yeah. oh man like, i want to do my own cd too like you know mm-hmm. but
1: you're talking about 2010 2011 really? right, yeah.
0: right when it was boom when it was just about you know it was, it was Big. even more so booming more and more people were were accessible to doing their own cds but to to play with the big boys you had to um do like a thousand minimum and we've always wished like man well can we just do 500 or like a 100 so anyways danny go ahead let him know and the reason why
2: george is saying that is because he had a big catalog and he we would get he would get calls he would tell me he'd call me because hey i got Orders. This guy in Japan, I got this guy in Chicago, I got a guy out in New York, I got a guy all over the place, you know, I mean, just all around the world, and I'm, you know, I'm not trying to brag for you, I'm just telling you the, the real truth, yeah, this man. really yeah, what happened. Yeah,
0: you gotta tell it, because if I tell it, it's like I'm bragging, but yeah. <laughs> someone else has to say it. And me. I'm
2: not bragging either about what I'm doing, it is what it is, man. I'm trying to help someone that's out there that wants to uh, be self-employed and, and have their own thing, and build their own life and their own future, and feel free, because that's my whole life that's my lifestyle yeah, it really is, is. that yeah, is my lifestyle completely 100 percent. so what happened was i said george the only way this is going to happen is that i got to find out how to get the money to buy this equipment i got to figure out how to do it because i don't even know how to do it right so everything has to be done we got to be able to shrink wrap the cds professionally like the stores do not shrink wrap they have to be wrapped folded sealed the label has to be on there with the barcode yep. on top i said and we got to manufacture the CDs and we got to just get it all. And I got to get a crew to come in and assemble it because I'm not going to buy the conveyor unit. I said, so we just didn't. The money wasn't there. So I said, we're going to figure out how to do this. So I'll call you when this is done. I said, I'll call you when I get it all together. Right. Okay.
0: So. So I again, did, more innovative, groundbreaking shit. Like I said, first to do it. Called him
2: right up and I said, okay, it's done. I got. Everything to do the CD from scratch. You could basically come tonight and we can do a CD from start to finish. The only problem is the manufacturing of the actual CD is robotic, but it takes time. And it's not like a cheap uh, ro- print. It's actually a gloss UV-coated print onto the CD. Right. It was legit. And I said, it's going to happen.
0: It's as legit as the legit can be.
2: and I said. Ah! That
0: was it. I said, and he made it happen, and yeah. we were able to do. If I just needed ten CDs, he just made me ten CDs. So George, but I would make it worth his while. I'd be like, look, I got, I got a catalog of like you know twenty plus things. Let's do hundred of each. So many CD orders were coming in from George and from and all other these other people. Other people.
2: And bands. I had bands and inspiring bands and people that were traveling around the world. It sounds like the 80s, but they really were in the van. I remember this guy came in a van, and there were all these young guys in there, and they were like ska guys. They are like, yeah, we're traveling. We got all these uh, uh, things booked, all these shows booked, and we're going to do it. And and I was like, okay. He goes, we're going to stop at your place first tomorrow and pick up the CD, so make me 500. And I was like, oh, okay. I just got the order, put it on print, duplicate, you know, not duplicate, uh, replicate, boom, CD would be done. The girls would be there to assemble and wrap, box it up. He would come down and order would be done next day, 500 CDs, just like that. Yeah, that was unheard of. That was unheard of at the time so my goal always with even even
0: to this day i think that's unheard of i don't even think a replication cd house could even do that today yeah my
2: goal in printing was always to get it out as fast as possible with good quality and the reason why was because i was impatient to hurry up and get the money because the money would always flip into doing something else and pay for everything that happens and plus i needed it for my own living yeah so the faster the money uh, that's how i would hook the customer would be like, oh, well, it'll be done. R- okay, what do you need? One guy came. He goes, we need banners right away.
0: Like, psh,
1: okay,
2: I was like, just sit an hour or two. Sit down I, right sit, I go, why don't you have lunch? I already had the file done. He approved it. and So he had came by and he goes, hey, we approved it. We're in the area. Is there any way you can get it done? I go, why don't you go? I go, how many you need? He goes, we need like, I remember, I think it was like 10 or 12. I said, why don't you go have a long lunch? I go, come back. I hit print. I had a Mamaki uh, UV uh, pr- uh, solvent printer. Boom. They all printed on the canvas um uh, boom boom, boom. How, how big were these banners oh uh, they were uh, big those were they small? Oh no those ones were they were probably average like a 10 foot by four foot and i would have one of the guys in the back that was working for me putting all the grommets in the corner guy would come banners were done he was like damn dude he goes you know i've never found a shop that would do it that quick and that and you were so nice about it He's, that's the one thing you're so nice
0: yeah, people were That's sleeping on good. Danny, man. I mean, if you guys listening, you probably like wish he, he was operating right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're probably gonna get people like, man, dude, could you just, do you still do that shit? Yeah, because I need some bad. Oh, I still on. get
2: it to today. I still get that. I bet. Yeah. So that uh, I sold that business. What happened was, I woke up one day and I said, "I'm tired of being trapped in these walls. I got to get out of here. I'm a free spirit. I got to get out. You know, I'm out and about. Yeah. I'm gonna explore." Money was, and money
0: was going good. Money too. was good at that time. But it was it was back and forth. I remember, but I mean, you were yeah, it was good.
2: It was I okay. Mean,
1: but it
0: was, it was time to go. Not bad. It was time to move
1: on. It was time to move on. You had that business on. for how long?
2: Uh, almost 10 years. Yeah, almost 10 years. Zero debt. There was no debt in the business. There was no loans in the business. Not one loan. And I had bad credit even after I sold it. I finally got my credit good after. Perfect now. Perfect you
1: now. started <laughs> all of that with five,
2: 500, 500 bucks and just my mouth. And Determine. my Determination. mouth. termination. But let me tell you, I don't mean to get preachy here, but I pray over every little thing I do. I'm a horrible Christian, but... I I oh, yeah. literally will pray over every little thing with a hundred and billion percent belief
0: that it will come and happen and happen guaranteed and I'm the same I got that from him yeah you know when I do my projects and I, I'm the same there's way there's no like, choice there's no choice it's like, gonna happen once I decide on something it it's gonna happen yeah it may take some time or and it happens but it's gonna happen you know I speak on I, I say some outlandish shit. You know, I, th- I think of some outlandish ideas sometimes and yeah. it, they're weird. But or that's whatever a creative are, that's a creative side. Yeah. I'm, creative yeah. people say that
2: yeah. because that's what you're doing. You just speak out loud.
0: Yeah. And it but it comes a term. And then I just say, you know, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do it. And I decide on it and like Danny said, pray on it, whatever, and yeah and all that and think about it and put positive energy into it and it's gonna happen. Yeah. So I got a few things lined up in twenty twenty, man, it's gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I hope man. I'm there for it. Yeah. Yeah, you'll
2: be there yeah, for it. We'll be yeah, there for it. Part of it is what I mean. Oh, of course, man. So Please. I sold
0: that business.
2: It's gone. And I said. And that big, uh,
0: that business name, just for the people, real quick, what was that called? Uh, Liquid Image. Of course. Yeah. And, and and for those of you, you know, we've been talking about where I sold oldie CDs and all these compilations and stuff that he's. If you ever see Liquid Image on the back of a CD, you know, that was my guess really yeah you'll gang. see them
2: on the back of your all your cds you'll see on the back of a lot of other cds lost soul stuff
0: if you know yeah look on uh, the back of lost soul i mean i'm just trying to like yeah you know pe- people like to do research now it's all about oh, like yeah. going back a little bit and, mm-hmm. and, and and you know seeing and you like, know i'm not truth. bragging
2: about it i'm grateful for all that like i see them like i don't even
0: look at it as
2: like um wow like i'm on a cd like i'm somebody i look at it like wow i remember the day i did that it's like almost like giving birth to something because i remember sitting on the floor at robert ramos's house with a brand new imac that i bought i bought a brand new imac strawberry i don't know why i bought strawberry but i just bought it because i thought it was cool looking
0: what that was a strawberry it's a
2: strawberry imac it was the color strawberry oh and i bought it it was brand new. that was like 90s then that was yeah 99 That money came from La Soul actually because he gave me a deposit and I didn't have a, my computer was, I brought a computer one day to his house and it was in pieces. It was an old Mac Performa and it had no top on it. You could see all the circuits (laughs) on there and it was all over his kitchen table. And I said, he goes, I got to get four volumes designed like now. And he goes, and the computer's slow. And I go, give me a deposit. I go buy a brand new computer. Yeah. So he did give me a deposit. And went and bought a brand new computer at CompUSA. I paid like twelve hundred bucks for it. Ooh. I didn't have that money either. That money just went straight into the business and went and helped me build more. That's what you do. I mean, yeah, I so, um, I literally suffered. You know, wearing like yeah. So so back yeah. to the Lost Soul days.
0: You going to Robert Ramos's house? How, uh, how was that experience, man? How, um,
2: you know, Robert was a good dude. Yeah. He really did help me a lot. A lot of the money from Lost Soul helped build.
0: Uh, I know we talking about loss. Have you met Sal? Do you remember I Sal? I met
2: Sal, yeah. He's he's a good guy. Yeah. I never had an issue. Actually he got me some work, some other CDs that I was doing for other people.
0: Right. So yeah, it was uh you know Yeah, so my listeners they're you know, like I said, they're more they're more I mean, I know it's it's amazing what you're talking about, yeah. your hustle, your grind and you're trying to help people with you know, um if they're in I'm the trying to inspire somebody Yeah, you're trying to inspire somebody yeah. listening right now, you know, I get that. But also I have a big fan base, uh not fan base, but I have a lot of people listening who are probably Want to hear more about? Uh, I don't want to, yeah. Drag Sal, it, but If like, I no. want to hear about the experiences, like, with well, Sal? how was Sal? How was Robert? Like, no, how, how was George? How was how was Nick? Like, you were because you sat down with all these people. I sat down with all of them, and these people who are listening don't you know, have their CDs, so um they probably want to know a little bit about, like you know how your yeah, experience I
1: had that cd i had some of the lost soul cds lost and I wanted, soul was you know i was a kid well you know that's I was introduced amazing to it yeah. you know by fam and whatnot and man never thought i'd be right here you
2: yeah. know yeah yeah no i appreciate that yeah dude um george showed up to an apartment i was living at and he came with robert he goes oh i got this guy he he did underground oldies me not being a collector or, or anything right i'm like okay uh, like, okay bring them bring them whatever <laughs> and I had an extra bedroom there and it was just my graphic design
0: room this is in 98 this, yeah this is before because he was like he said he was always graphic yeah. designing and that was his thing so whether it was party crew flyers or just anything you know anything to get a job or you know doing menus for somebody like he had his own little room always set up yeah
2: before the shop before the shop yeah, yeah was so this is a 98 shop. right and, and again
1: um, the graphic designing you know, a lot of that started with the first story you mentioned of the were you talking about the button magnets uh yeah.
2: that no those were just a hand painted those yeah. were just yeah it, i no. wasn't even graphic designer then i he was just,
0: a, yeah he was 11 years he was just talking yeah. about how he had the self-determination and motivation in him For, yeah that's when he caught on that's when he realized like
1: yeah i was just curious about like the artistic like development the like, artistic? have you always been like yeah since uh, you, were you know kid, i like you know?
0: fashion um, we had a magazine that he did too. No, uh, we spoke on an episode. One, I skipped I it. Yeah. Well, we we talked about it back then. I had but a magazine of fashion, like you know, I would model clothes. W- he would go to Malrose, and we would go to Malrose, and we would just go to these crazy like stores and buy some weird shit just to take crazy ass dope pictures. Go to find a crazy ass spot to take these pictures. Yeah, and yeah. just for his magazine, just to take pictures, and I was I was the guy model. He I was always, guy model. I would always wear, like, yep, crazy George. shit. George. <laughs> yeah, I had different, you know. I have, in the, to this day in that magazine, my pictures are still in still there.
2: Still yeah, there. Yeah, I still have them. And that was because I was in printing school, and I wasn't getting enough recognition in the party crew scene. So when I found the girls was – when they were dancing for me was through that magazine because I used to go up to girls. Because I'm a very shy person. I don't just go up to a girl and say, hey, what's up with me and you? A lot of guys do that. I'm not that person. I just don't do that. (laughs) I will just wait till they say something to me or whatever. Or we just get along, right? Right. So at that time, I would use that magazine to talk with them. And then we would do stuff. And I really liked the grind of it. So I would say, you know what? I go, we can do this. And they were so inspired by my energy and with the idea, they would just let me take pictures of them. So I say, let's all get together, get your friends. Started so taking pictures <laughs> of the girls, put them in the magazine. I would try to get stores to advertise and give me a little bit of money to be in there. I had Gold's Gym in there. I mean, this is a four page black and white magazine. What was the name? Uh, it was Mystique. called Mystique Dynasty Magazine. Right. And uh, it's in my IG as well. I have some pictures. It's in, there. in his archives. Yeah, he has my archives.
0: It. it didn't really go nowhere. It didn't
2: but, go nowhere big, but for but, a kid, it was big.
0: Yeah, he was like sixteen, sixteen, seventeen, and, yeah. and you know, here he is gathering girls, and we're just going. To, you know, I was driving, so we're going to Hollywood. We're going Woodier up to Woodier. Who doesn't want to dress up a girl and just go take pictures in at, at Hollywood Hills somewhere? And it's the party crew days, you know, like, and it's this magazine for fashion and mm-hmm. and advertising the party scene and shit like that. So that
2: built. The credibility, with a lot of other people, and seeing that, and they're like, "Well, Mystique Dynasty is the party crew." Mystique magazine was the ma- it was Mystique Dynasty magazine was another where, thing. Where
0: did that name come from? Do it, you was, remember? I, I it was I think it was a sh- street name how that did I we,
2: found. How did you pull that out of the air, Mystique Dynasty? Like, what <laughs> I, I, you know, I really can't remember. I believe it was a street name, but it was Mystic, and I called it Mystique. Uh, but um, so that those two businesses to me they were businesses the party crew scene and then the magazine and the magazine was such a big deal in our area in sgv even yeah. though i was trying to make i was trying to get out to uh hollywood the avenues area. yeah i was in the avenues because there was record stores there and i was trying to like gather the east la crowd or just hollywood crowd i was trying to bring it in but i just had no connection over there because they I- were
0: doing their own thing they were saturated what they were do- what they were doing and we had our own, But they would call the me for the
2: magazine. They would say, can you put it in our store? I'd like, okay. So I used to go over there. I used yeah. to get a ride DMC over Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, call me. Hey, you're out. Can you bring more?
0: They used to call me. Yeah. So this magazine helped. And he was printing those at his adult school when he was in adult school. Yeah. He, was, he was in the back
2: mm-hmm.
0: using their press to print yeah. his magazine out. Yeah. <laughs>
2: cool. So I'm there. And that that's how the party crew, that's how our crew got so much attention was because uh just it, the
0: out the box thinking that we yeah were doing. out of
2: the box thinking the girls brought a lot of attention i knew the guys were suckers like i was saying and the guys wanted to be around the girls and the girls looked nice they dressed really good i mean we're 15 16 and you're going out to a party you know how it is you know and it's awesome it just was a great yeah, it was cool, man it was good yeah. it was
0: good being on that creative edge and, and mm-hmm. that innovative thought process man to know that you were and you know, inputting and inspiring and creating as a scene was growing, and Mm -hmm. we've always had that in us. We've always bounced our energies. I was very creative person too, so we bounced off each other's energies. I was his editor. Yeah, you know, I I would write poems. Yeah, fucking, I would write crazy shit. Yeah, uh, in those magazines, like we had to have content in the magazine, so I would like, I had poems. I would just like write. From scratch, dope poems,
2: and this is a small magazine. It's nothing big. It, it, I mean, it never went in full color. It was always like four or six pages. I only did a handful of them. I think ten volumes or, 10 or eight 12, volumes, something think, like that. So yeah. I mean, I we, we lived in San Diego for a little bit. I even drug it over there and yeah, took well, pictures of girls. Yeah, there when we went and, to
0: San Diego. We were like in the middle of that. Yeah, and he took the whole mystique dynasty and there's a san diego issue where it was all girls
2: over there and everything yeah it's crazy i mean just it was the lifestyle it was the grind it was whatever you could take to make things happen and to have excitement and to have some type of like um like you know hey i'm i'm somebody i could do something you know to right. just create an atmosphere for myself
0: see and as you guys can hear listening man he's still that person today yeah. you know and this is many yeah. years ago where we had this creative outlet and and like he said make shit happen and that's what this, that's what life's about really
2: and and you know it sounds i don't know if it sounds weird and i don't know if i should say it, but it kind of helped me talk with different people too you know talk
0: to oh, girls
2: they'll talk to different guys like, like friends you know people whatever. that you thought
0: were like unapproachable
2: unapproachable because i have that in me i i won't approach people now i can uh, it's a lot easier for me i'm really good at it now when i want to be oh my goodness forget about it I ah! shut up ah! right yeah. <laughs> but i'm saying like i do get very shy as well and i i shut down but that really helped me through the younger years you know as far as business goes, I'm really outgoing and I can drag you in and really get your attention. But if it's nothing to do with that, then that's the part where I can shut down and I'm
0: not good at it. Yeah. How was it working with uh, Nick Agata of Soulful Things? Do you remember? So Nick um, called me off the back of well, uh, York well, City. Yeah, this was mentioned on on episode yeah. one, but just I know you know people want to tune in at episode one. You I would say Nick, you know, was. Uh, Man, they're, all, they're all cool people. They're man. all cool people, but. I, I think people just want to know that that more intimate experience. Like, did you go to the house? I think he house? shared did No, so Nick called me, wired
2: me money, uh, MoneyGram, never met me, just wired me the money, I believe. I think he said he brought me the money, but he wired it. I remember we were doing MoneyGram. You had that credibility, that's why. Yeah, he just said, oh, I'm going to send you the money, and then I'm going to email you. Or no, he mailed me a CD with all the artwork on it that he already had oh, okay. and all this stuff. And he says, I need you to start working on it and then email it to me. And I was like, okay. And <laughs> that's how it started. And But you know what? When I talked with Nick on the phone and when I finally met him, he drove all the way down here. Uh, we met in Orange County. And he said, uh, my impression of Nick was uh, he had a lot of determination. He really wanted to come out with that catalog.
0: And yeah, he he, uh, he he already knew that he had a catalog. He, he knew
2: something was going down over here. And he, and he talked about it. He goes, man, he goes, you guys have a lot of, like, there's something going on. There's a lot of old CDs coming out. And you guys have this big catalog. And Lossal was already kind of big at that time. Right, had right. a lot of uh, different compilations out. And he, he, in his voice, you can hear it that this was going to happen. And he did tell me, he goes, we're going to do a whole catalog. He and, goes, we're going to do a lot of stuff. And I said, okay, cool.
0: And long behold, man. And it know, did.
2: It really did happen. And I was there every time he called me. We just made it happen, and from all the way up there to down here, it just worked.
1: And you did all his uh, variety of comps,
2: all the varieties, even the logos, everything. Every, the logo, everything. Matter of fact, the guy that even tried to like copy him, Nick went out to New York and met him, and I started doing work for that guy. Nick just has a a, a good charisma. He just brought the guy in and said, ah, "I worked it all out." And that was it. Just Nick's good at that. You had a good charisma about that. Is there any
0: stories that you could share with us about any of these people that you've uh, personally worked with? Um, you know, that are that, that stick out. I mean, or is it just? Was it just sitting it, down and just it was just sitting normal down. shit? Yeah, nothing crazy.
2: Nothing crazy. No, it was mostly you know they were all good people, and
0: that's cool though, man. You were at Robert's house, or, I remember I remember that too. I used yeah. to go to Robert's oh, house yeah, too. Oh yeah, it's cool all yeah. the
2: time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he was he was really. That's good where about it started, man. It oh. all started
0: really.
1: And this yeah. was where exactly Pico.
0: River, yeah. Robert lived yep. off Woodier Boulevard, that's yeah. all I'll say.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, he was uh very easy. You know, he, actually he was He was young to, too. He was young, he was, he was easy young, to work he, with. He's a year younger than me.
1: Yeah, I remember that. He was yeah. easy to work
2: with, but it had to be done right. Because he's made me redesign some CDs a few times. He goes, I don't like it. Because you gotta do it right. Because mm-hmm. I don't like it. And he would tell me. So you know, but personality he was cool, but as far as work he wanted a certain way and well, he, yeah, he like, was firm on it no because a lot of other guys and the reason why i say that is because uh other guys were ah okay okay and george is that way too it, he didn't like it he would make that's what i was saying We'd well, be there, there for four I, or five I, hours yeah
0: i was there to redo it with him so that, that was hey, my edge yeah you know? uh, george was the worst <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I, I literally have yeah. that about me. i'm the worst yeah. Yeah. matter of fact sometimes danny wouldn't even want me they're like you know what like I'm not dealing with you today. Yeah. Like it It, was, it got it, so bad. I was like, oh, my much. gosh. Yeah, because I would be like, can you move it over, like, just a quarter of an inch? I'm like, no. That's Like, me. no. And I would say, no. He would say, no, it's staying right there. Yeah. I'm like,
2: dude, fucking just. He goes, it's my CD. I'm paying for it. And I'll yeah. be like, I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> but was, we have that relationship, you know. But yeah. it would end up being the way he wanted in the end. But now there's real no stories to talk about. Everyone is really. It yeah. was real just
0: business. It's just dope, man. Like you know, twenty years later, like you know, who who would like? What do you? I mean, you're not a part of the soul scene now, or really know about the soul scene now. But But it's crazy what it became. Yeah, that's. Do you remember we used to talk about? I remember there was nothing. Yeah, we used to talk about it back in the day. Like the stuff we were doing, we knew something was going to come out of it. Yeah, we just didn't know what man. or how when or how yeah but um yeah here it is 20 years later man and it's and it's, it's an honor yeah. to, ha- to to really be a part you know to have you here oh, yeah, that you no. were a part of it I, like, you know i'm
2: honored to be a part of all of that because i mean it was fun you know it really yeah. was
0: and you got to meet all those you know those are like the headlining people that laid yeah. down the foundation yeah there was so opinion.
2: many that came in th- that through that shop i mean so many collectors i can't remember their names but i just remember and i believe i brought it here on the first podcast uh-huh I think we took some pictures. There's a box that I still have. I have all the masters, and I believe there's like 300 CDs in that box. Yeah, yeah he, has, he He
0: still has all the master CDs to like everything he's ever done, and all the all the covers. People that just came in and out of
2: the scene, they try to get involved or whatever, you know.
1: And a lot of those CDs, he said, though, did they flopped in the market?
0: A lot of them. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. They, they, they didn't that. stand the test of time. Like they're not talked about. You know, it just seems that everybody talks about the the, the same ones that seem to stand the test of time. You know, like Lost Soul. You know, it just, yeah. You know, uh, City of Angels. Uh, there's there's a few. There's uh, there's other cities that that are legendary too that don't get the credit they deserve that because they're overshadowed by these other bigger named um you know monsters that, mm-hmm. that, that, that just overshadow everything. You sure. know? So,
1: Throw them out there. Throw them out there.
0: No, I'm just saying like Lost Souls definitely like, you know, one of the CDs that was like top yeah. of the heap like forever embedded in time that's going to go down and never never crumble. Yeah. Underground Oldies is kind of cool, you yeah. know. Um To Every Story is a big one, you know, they had a big catalog. It, it's and and I see it's the, it's the CDs that had a a big catalog, you know, because that shows the determination and the will of the person who was creating those CDs, you know, that so, passion for it. Yeah, yeah, so if if it has a big catalog that tells you something right there in itself you know like um so underground had like 10 cds there's not there's there's a handful of cds that have a big catalog like that and and that person behind it that's why it has a big catalog you know like um lost soul underground all these uh to every story um then you have people who have their own little series and for their own person like like tokers of course is one of the main ones we had and these people i've had on my show already i've already podcasted with you know i was blessed to have john on the show and talk about the tokers and i had nick you know nick again of course nick's another one he has a huge catalog um south soul you know smiley and ray and those guys man sh- you know that's a big catalog that that's a that's one that's going to stand the test of time um you know cds like that um, linwood soul you know linwood's like one of the newer new, newer cats uh that that came and changed the whole game up and built a big catalog because he has a real strong passion for what he does and it shows because look at his catalog and the music on there is like groundbreaking as we've talked about with my guests through other um, episodes that I've done. We've always given, you know, credit where it's due. Mm -hmm. Those are the catalogs. But there are plenty of other CDs that do exist that don't have a massive catalog but they're just as good. You know, like Tokers has three. Um, See, and it was my job when I was um, doing these CDs because I was the distributor so I had to know who my competition was. And I hate the word competition, that was really the wrong word, but I had to know what was out there and who was doing what and what songs were on what CDs. That's why I really know what I'm talking about when it comes to like, where certain songs were birthed on what CD, like who broke Mm -hmm. that song, where that song originally came from on what compilation, because it was my job, because back then biting was a no-no, you know, in the 90s, early 2000s, we didn't want to copy each other's compilations because it's just a bad look plus the stores don't want that either because ultimately customers complain and there were cds out there who straight out bit everybody else's cds and those are the ones that flopped because they're fake phony because they just bootleg someone else's stuff or use their music yeah that's what i'm saying yeah there, there's plenty that's what i'm saying you're asking me about cds that didn't make it well a lot of the cds that didn't make it were cds that would like you know take five songs from lost soul you know three songs from south side soul you know, five, put songs, another cover on it. five songs from Gangster Soul yeah. Harmony, put another cover on it, call it something else, and, you know, fool the public that it's a brand new CD. Because there's so many people out there that ain't really following um, that small little genre of, you know, releases. Like, I was following it. I was the T with it. So I knew what was what was really going on. Well, I remember delivering boxes to Sounds of Music one time there.
2: I think you somebody i don't know who it was had me deliver boxes there and i don't know them that well i only went there a few times and i just remember one guy talking to another guy saying i can't have these cds here because you could totally tell by looking at the the song list that they took five from here and another three or two whatever and it it's just a duplicate of the same cd and i don't want them in my store that way
0: and it would just, he goes, look. Yeah, because the stores have an image to uphold, too. You know, like, they want the freshest, dopest, rarest, original shit in their stores. So when people would do that, you know, and those are the cities that failed. Yeah. I mean, that was your question. What are the cities that failed? I don't, yeah. I mean, I could probably name some, but I'd rather not because I don't want to, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just, you know, I'm not going to do that. People know who they are. What, what you know, pe- There's people in this scene who know, like I do, too. You know, the people who know, um, you know, what songs were on which comps if they're from, the, you know, my age because there's people too that just get into this because of Instagram and Facebook and they never really grew up listening to Rare Oldies. I mean, they maybe heard of them, but they weren't really into them, into them until like Facebook and Instagram came around. And then they got into it all of a sudden because it's like the thing. But no one really yeah. goes back and does the research mm-hmm. onto like, well, where do these songs come from? All they hear is the songs and they like the songs and, and it's gotten to the point now to where people don't even care where it came from. And that's cool too, I get yeah. that. Yeah. I'm just here though as long as I breathe i'm gonna let people know where the fuck shit came from you Mm -hmm. know that's just where i'm at with it so um
2: you're more like a historian yeah Yeah. i I mean i guess you know i'm still yeah yeah, Yeah. right
0: yeah yeah i'm one of the i'm one of
2: the encyclopedia i'm one of the dudes from the 90s
0: that's um (laughs) that put out cds that's still actually here and interacting within social media there ain't too many guys like me if you really think about it like who else is from the 90s that made cds was in the era of like you know creating the catalog of cds and it's still very active in the social media life yeah it ain't too many dudes who came from that era that's why i know what i'm talking about because i i lived it you know so i remember you know all the the comps and what cds and what songs came from what it's good to know man i mean uh, you know and i'm not trying to put no one on blast or anything it's just educational if someone ever wants to ask a question like hey well what do you think about this i'll i'll, I'll speak my mind and that's and what i like you.
2: about bar sessions when you were doing that because it felt like that's where yeah. i got the historian thing from is because yeah. i remember you sitting there oh, playing their record, we're you in all the, the record i love we're,
0: it yeah we're in the very room where the bar sessions took place Man, we're at the b-side well shop. you know what i think it's more raw what i liked at a
2: as a creative person is when you were at your house Doing our sessions. It just seemed more, uh, more less distracted, but yep. more in depth because yeah. you would
0: really get into. Well, you uh, know why? Because people were interacting. I was going live. Yeah. And people would ask questions. Yeah. And, you know, I would be drinking and I was able to answer questions, yeah. you know,
2: because. No, I liked it here at the B side. I love it when it was here. I mean, it was awesome. I mean, it was great. But. I also like the addition of you doing that at your home because yeah. it just it was more raw. You really got into everything. I really got drunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: well, you got to keep getting drunk. Yeah, I was in my element. element. I really yeah. got buzzed. Oh, I was had a good, it's all about having a good time. Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah, in my in between time um, of the bar sessions, you know, I would go live at my house and 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 play records, and people would just ask you know the right questions, like you. you that's know, where it really started EV, for me. You, you, you know, yeah.
1: that's why I'm. Here now you yeah. know because i'm not gonna lie you know we're talking about social media and how a lot of that definitely in a way has saturated mm-hmm. a lot of the scene absolutely mm-hmm. you know but then there's cats like myself you know where i probably wouldn't have known these backstories had yeah. it not been for the outlet of social media you know yeah. it's because you grew up to all of this but you know like you said you just don't know where to begin where to research etc you know maybe you might see liquid image or whatever but you, you might not know. find on google you know yeah the stories and all of that you know so this well, is where you know george you know i've mentioned many times has been the key person where i've been able to get a lot of my knowledge in these last couple of years of really digging further mm-hmm. behind you know just Thank all you. the, all the know, stories and archives you know which it's
0: and there's more people out there that have knowledge uh, you know they're welcome to come on or do their own thing you know share yeah. the knowledge is you know uh, it's yeah. just I, I encourage people to ask questions you know
2: you know what i actually had requested you to be on here because you know i i thought you were an exciting person so i was like you could, you gotta call her yeah, yeah give
0: you know i have my guest evie on here uh give a little just a yeah. quick little put brief, you on the spot girl. a little backstory which <laughs> you know who you spit cause, game because you you you've, you you're no stranger to radio <laughs> there's a pro right here people don't even know right yeah she interviews people and so uh it's a good fit she's man. killing she, the game yeah,
2: she's, she's good.
0: <laughs> so evie let them know man um you know, just briefly, real quick, like
1: yeah, um, well, <laughs> I'm trying to think Drawing cat um, caught your tongue, <laughs> <laughs> just brief,
0: I mean you not to go into detail, just you know, shoot some shit, like you know,
1: yeah, I was born and raised here in l a and um you know, I went to college up in uh northern california humboldt state and just moved back uh but these last few years just seeing little by little you know what's so funny is that i remember um when i was much younger you know listening to a lot of these realities because we all grew up with Art bow and you name it right but right. i would always be like why why don't we hear these, like, real rare gems, you mm-hmm. know, on here? Why am I not listening to the whatnots on radio? Why mm-hmm. am I not listening? You know what I mean? I love them. Um, yeah,
0: why isn't Black Ivy on the radio? Oh, my exactly. other favorite group.
1: You know, and I was I was about maybe, you know, 12, 13, when I could say I really started hearing, you know, uh, more rare underground oldies. Through the lost soul comps and yeah. and, and i'm glad God. you
0: found those because you're, you're quite young you're a different generation yeah come from diff- 27 yeah so yeah. she's from that different generation that's young that didn't really come from our generation danny from the 90s and mm-hmm. early 2000s you know she's from a totally different um aspect that's why i brought you on too because you could ask maybe certain questions that you have for him from your aspect of it all like because i'm sure i'm not sure if you have any questions to and ask I- myself or him on, yeah, on i'm sure there's a lot of questions but right now when we're talking here on the podcast with mike's and you tend to brain fart and forget stuff because you look at that you have that puzzle look on your face like, right now yeah like nah, i want to nah. like, ask a question but what the fuck am i going to ask nah,
1: you no know, but it's exciting it's really exciting you know just hearing a lot of the stories behind um just the grind And the process that really went into, you know, just manifesting your passions because ultimately like it was a passion, Mm -hmm. but it was also definitely part of survival, you know. But at the same time, you know, like we could look at it through the lens of music and it's like, yo, like I need this, you know, George, I know you said like, you know, just like because we talked about that, you know, Mm -hmm. what what really like drew you so like in fire with soul music, you know, like and it's like music saves our lives a lot of us yeah. talk about that but i, I just, just had to
0: um i just i just felt like like you did like i really have i really had to give all those artists as i was as i was discovering them and unearthing them i had to give them their voice back again and i was in a position in my life you know to like make these cds and and reintroduce their music to the world you know, and, and let people like you, like, hear it and, like, man, just get blown away. Just feel what I felt when I heard it, you know. And that's that was the ultimate goal, honestly. That's That was my drive and passion right there.
1: And just, it's funny because you said that when you were collecting, right, that there was a lot of folks, like, around you that they were just like, ah, don't be playing them rarities. You oh, know, yeah, right?
0: yeah. Because no one, that, the, I'm talking back, you know, be, like, this is, like, groundbreaking stuff when we were, like, unearthing, like I said, unearthing these gems that people now know, you know, now, now people know them. You know, but back then they were really unknown. And a lot of people, like you said, grew up with the Mary Wells, the Art the East Side Story songs, and that's all they knew. And to this day, I'm not knocking it, but people grew up a certain way and hear certain oldies, and that's their life story, and, and that's, that's the soundtrack to their life. So to, re, to introduce some new stuff, if they ain't feeling it or liking it, they'll just shy away from it. Like
2: but, that's not oldies. I heard that. That's yeah. not oldies. No, these are oldies. And they would bring an Art Bowl out. Yeah. Oh, it bothered me. Yeah, yeah. because I was
0: introduced to your side and I was like, wow, I love this new stuff because it's so tired yeah, there, of hearing there, the same oldies. Yeah, there were some people who got it and there were some people who didn't and there's some people who don't care, which is fine. You know, but my job was to, you know, put it out there and just so then out of give it a chance.
1: Were your parents or if you mind me asking, you know, no, like ahead. family, your community did because I know you said you mentioned that your father, right? Mm-hmm. And his his homie. Um, yeah,
0: Marcos' puppy.
1: Yes, they introduced you. They to introduced more of me the rare gems, to rare gems,
0: but it was duop. Yeah, so you. So
1: discovered- it wasn't really soul.
0: It wasn't really soul music, but it was duop. So when I heard that rare duop, because there is also like mainstream duop, and there's rare duop. Okay. So the same thing holds true for soul. You know, there's mainstream soul music, top forty stuff, and then there's obviously that you guys know rare soul. Mm-hmm. So I was doing duop for like about a good two, three years of underground mm-hmm. hardcore. Like, Willie Logan and the Plaids, You Conquered Me, like, just doo-wop songs like that that, you know, I grew up, um, that my dad actually had the records to, and Marcos had these records. They were like, and back then, they were like us, but they didn't have the opportunity to make their own CDs, because that didn't exist back then for them. They would just make their own mixtapes at home and play their records and get all high and loaded and listen to their shit. And they would go to, uh, you know, I knew they were really into records because... There was a handful of guys in LA who were really into records. I mean, you got people who are into records and then you got people who are really into records that really are collectors.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm wondering about.
0: And um, my dad's way puppy, you know, he would go to all those record stores, not just here in California. He would go to Chicago. He he would order from Val Shively in, in um Pennsylvania or I, I get confused with those um it's either philadelphia or pennsylvania something with a p out there he would like get a cat he would get like you would get that music from val and you know that's a whole different sound of doo-wop and style and new york so he was up on his shit over the guys that were just buying the art labo stuff and the east side story stuff he was going that next step further with the doo-wop and getting those records in and that's what i was hearing when i was like 16 15 years old through them and it blew my mind because. I knew the Moonglows and I knew all the common doo wop that played, but when they were starting to play all that underground rare doo wop stuff, I'm like, what the f-? like? It just sounded different, and it just had that like that sick ass like sound to it. And it it instantly took me over, won me over. It's like, man, that's just the shit. And, and what's then, so
1: funny is that you know, like, how many people around your age were also being able to be exposed to a lot of that you know like there, not that many oh, because that it many. sounds like there yeah, was not, very few of you who really gravitated towards wanting to further discover and dig underneath further you know and that's kind of the same effect that happened I, with I, us in our generation through the cd comps you know yeah. but i don't think there was like many cats around my age like that young i mean not to put it out there, that but really got it that yeah like you know what i'm saying you know that everybody was just straight up on Arlebo, you right, know right, right, and whatnot right. but when i you know luckily thankfully just like how it was for y'all you know like right. had a Theo who cop the you know lost soul comps and started exactly. listening and I was like wait a second you know that's and you bad. just get further right. reeled in and reeled in and reeled in and you're like yeah so that's how it happened for me you know and I'm not gonna lie you know unfortunately I also you know had theos where a lot of that rare underground stuff was being you know ripped off through lime wire you know
2: oh <laughs> or alarm wire yeah good old surprisingly
1: days. you you were able to find actually a lot of like Isn't that crazy, yeah, yeah, you crazy. Were, yeah you were you were so yeah. that that was another way in which i was able to slowly access further because you know at times you just you couldn't you Can didn't have down, the yeah. media to cop a oh, cd yeah. you know so and that's when lime wire was really starting to blow up right and, and youtube and whatnot you yeah. know so that's how it happened for me, you
2: know. Now
0: it's so easy yeah, accessible. So the, exactly, like the same principle, you know, like you, like you said, you had a Theo that introduced, and, and boom, it caught yeah. on. But now with social media and Facebook and Instagram, like now everybody gets to hear all the, you know, because there was. Yeah, it's all, really accessible you know, now. Yeah, yeah. There was yes. no social media back then either at all. So, like, it was just really like a small little scene of digging, people. going out on foot. Going, yeah, you know, Pasadena swap meets, uh, all those record shows. It was a really small community of people. And like I said, me and Robert, man, we were like the youngest dudes at that, at the, everybody else were just older cats, veteranos, just older dudes, man. They weren't, you didn't see 18 year olds digging for records in the nineties. Like what the hell, like I was definitely one of a kind, me and Robert were like, I'm gonna say it. We were like one of a kind, you know, who else do you know that, like you said, in the nineties that was 18 digging for records and trying to create something new. And, and, duo collectors would come to my house and that's how I got into soul music because they started showing me soul records. And they were called Group Soul. Like, hey, man, check out this Group Soul. And everything was always five bucks. Like the dopest rec- sweet soul yeah, records were like five crazy. bucks. He would, he would like, hey, check out this jammer here. And like I said, it would be like the whatnots. And those are still cheap records to this day. But they'd pull out stuff. I remember one time I got this one record. And I swear it was only like 20 bucks. And it was um, the Soul Brothers Inc. And it was uh, on a, a song called GoldenEye and um i think i got that for like 20 bucks and that was a cool little soul record but now that record is like a grand or two and it's super wow. rare yeah mike noriega would even say like dude goldeneye like you know pyramid like pff, that's like the, the mecca but back in the back then no one really cared about that soul. everybody was into doo-wop doo was like the sound of the of the 90s like that was just that was like that was that gangbang shit because everybody was really gangsters back then so sweet soul was kind of soft like that was soft music like oh that's really? kind of soft yeah, they wanted that hard gangster music they wanted that doo-wop but oh.
1: you know sometimes i always wonder like in the actual era when that music was coming out right like i just i i always wonder about you know the communities like what that was like and maybe people collected maybe they didn't but you know like i you know i just wonder for folks like prior to even y'all you know like what they thought of of those records when they had it in hand you know and because yeah you're talking about when
2: they first came out
1: yeah i'm talking about like when these records brand new yeah oh you know what it
2: was i'll tell you what it was i'm not even a collector but it was a grind it goes back to that yeah they didn't feel it they were just excited to put something out they just had a passion they wanted to hear themselves on a record and go put it out and see if they can make it that's what it was it was just great even if the song wasn't that great um, on a record to grind it was a grind the other
0: groups just like now you know i mean with everything it was a hustle to get out there and do something so that's the theme of the day man hustle and grind we got danny martin uh sales we got uh you know we got danny here talking about the hustle and grind man so those of you listening i know it hasn't been too much of a you know a soul topic or anything like that but um he just wanted to come back and do part two and i want to
2: do part two and really educate people and try to like I was saying, inspire, inspire somebody. People, yeah, yeah. I want to inspire somebody. That that whole shop is long gone now. I sold it to
0: two different people. Yeah, and we, I was in 2013. Yeah. Speaking of long gone, um, we've been on the podcast for a little about an hour and some change. So we're probably gonna wrap it up in about 20 minutes, maybe. Okay. So if you want to fly through whatever you want to fly through, what else? Uh, you know, I'm not sure what you're doing now all these days.
2: Oh, uh, do you have any questions before I move on to that? Handle it. Okay um uh, yeah so i sold that shop and i got into the food business so i have vending machines um i have 128 locations 240 machines what happened was when i sold that shop i had some money to play with now now that i sold it and i said i was hanging out with all these greek guys i had these restaurants and uh they would be home sometimes and they said you know when we're home we're sleeping some of these restaurants they had were open twenty four hours right They're making money in their sleep. Well, I can't afford to go buy a restaurant right I don't know how to run a restaurant, so the only thing was to get it what do people need? They need food
0: right so I I, I I remember you kind of you know told me the story who who inspired you who told you to go ahead and um you know just try this vending thing? It was a customer of mine, I bought
2: him out, and uh I bought him out and then I started buying other people out and uh that guy I bought him. I said, okay, it's making a little bit of money. I went and found someone else, bought their machines. Then I went after all my customers from the shop I sold, and I asked them all if I could put machines in their locations, which were 24-hour towing companies, warehouses, manufacturers, uh, office facilities, and then continued buying people out. So the hustle has never stopped. It's still the same. Even now when I need machines, I never buy anything brand new. I find them used, I go to the location, they'll sell a machine to me, and and I got to continue to be the person I am, a salesperson, which is find value on anything that's around me. So when I'm out buying something from somebody, I look around, and then I'll, this happens, this is a very common story here, it happens all the time. I went to a guy out by the border in a manufacturing warehouse uh, in San Diego, and he goes, yeah, you know, they paid like eight grand for this machine, I bought it for 150 bucks, they don't want it. Brand new 2018.
0: That's crazy, man. I, this
2: this is the story of my life, by the way, which you know.
0: Yeah. You they don't find, want it. You, you always find those
2: crazy
0: fucking deals, man. Yeah. Those insane, like um, almost unbelievable deals that you come across, and you. It's like every, that's, every that's like, that's your everyday.
2: That's everyday. And then they'll have stuff in their warehouse. The owner will just, they use it as a storage. He had these old Mexican wooden stairs that were stamped on with some type of like iron print, gold leaf print on it and it was embossed into it then he had these uh handmade barrels that were turned into cocktail tables and his dream was to have a bar but he never did it but he had all of it there and it started to deteriorate mm. well right now that type of furniture is big like collecting old stuff kind of like american pickers the show yeah that's like a big deal so i said hey were you selling this stuff yeah how much well you, we wheel and deal whatever then we go in his he has a 18 uh uh what is 18 wheeler truck uh uh-huh. container just full of old stuff uh old iron furniture we made a bundle deal i ended up buying everything i took it back home i sold it all i bought everything for really cheap so that's what i do now i have the vending business which people eat 24 hours out of at certain locations and then i buy out random things like i went to a karate place in torrance bought a vending machine there off the guy he was closing his place he had 100 robes there he had carts there he had all kinds of just dvd players and random stuff i bought everything from him i took it all posted everything back up i sell that's like my side hustle
0: yeah so take notes man
2: like just try to find you know just the goal is to keep the money flow going the hustle going the grind going because you never know when you need that money for whatever you're doing right so and- you, it's like a sport
0: right so this this vending machine business you now have you're um i mean to be from to be like to just get into this whole new business uh, you're pretty cutting edge yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, everything's if, brand new. Yeah, credit card machines. Yeah. You got to pay
2: with your iPhone.
0: Yeah. You I was do just going to say that, you know, um, your, your vending machines, and, and yeah, people may see them at the mall and stuff like that. But, you know, I work at a warehouse and our vending machines are old as fuck. Like, mm-hmm. we can't pay with a credit card. I can't pay with my iPhone, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's your main clientele, right? Is like getting these vending machines in warehouses. and. Right. Um,
2: so, what I do is I buy everything so, cheap, put it in there and i want them to use their credit card or their iphone because i make money off that transaction on top of the sale of the item
0: and at the same time you're being pretty pretty cutting edge man because even i'm trying to get you in at my job yeah so anybody listening i guess i'm trying to say if you're listening right now and you need some like dope ass many good service good yeah and you provide a good service
2: it's a professional business there's you know a couple of vans there's you know there it's you know, yeah, great service. I'm on point with everything. And some of the machines, most of my machines, my snack machines, are 32 degrees refrigerated units. So there's cold food and the regular snacks in the same machine. So your chocolates never melt. You can get a lunch. You can get a cup of noodle. You can get a chicken salad, little canister. I mean, yeah. there's options.
0: Yeah. And, and in Orange County, you have all the health food in there going on, the whole new. Uh, everything, uh, depending everything on where it's health.
2: at, whatever you want. So that's my life now. My life is really about food. And buying and selling, flipping, doing whatever I can to stay out of working for somebody. Just trying to stay free.
0: Yeah, that's a good message, man. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, Danny, I'm on, the, I'm, the, I'm on the brink. You know, I've been a teamster. I've been working at my job for the past twenty years now, man. Um, you may I'm, see what I, you may see me as what I do is hard,
2: but what I see you and everyone else doing in the world, you know, working. Yeah. To me, that would be impossible for me. That would be something so hard for me to do. I couldn't be somewhere on time like that every day yeah. at a job. I can't do that.
0: Yeah, there's certain people that have that 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 um, that that in them. I ha- I mean, I'm a free spirit as well, like I said. I, I you see me, yeah. you know, doing my side hustle. Oh, yeah. I'm still trying to like, you know, break new ground and stay um, on top of the game and be innovative and you know, you know, inspire and push shit out. Um, cuz that's that's in me too still just like it is with you with sure your vending so anybody listening man if you work at a warehouse or you know wherever the fuck uh yeah an office building you you know hit up me or you know yeah they can find me kachow uh, underscore z32 here i go plugging danny man so if you want some top of the line uh new vending machines yeah but you could use a credit card and because i you know that when i heard him say that because there's been times I, I would go to the i don't carry cash on me much I'll that wasn't that easy doing that no i know it wasn't you I, know, I know i literally got in this
2: business with cash only junk crappy machines but my sales pitch and my determination and just you know i mean look i i took all those machines out i sold them bought new machines for hardly nothing and then i would sell the old machine for more than what i bought the new machine for uh off of you know craigslist offer up let go marketplace i take advantage of all those like everyone else does and then I offer the delivery because I have a hydraulic trailer that can easily unload it to wherever they want, and I charge them on top of that. Right. So th- there's the other part of the business. And then I take care of all my locations. Every Christmas I go and drop off hundreds of cookies to the employees and gift baskets to all the management. That's how you run a legitimate cus- uh, cus- you know, right. uh, a business is at some point you can got to understand that it's not about you, it's about mm-hmm. them. Because if you take care of them first, then you're going to be taken care of by them. Right. So you think about the other people first, and you do it right. So it's about building solid, clean relationships Right. with zero hassle. You just got to do it. That You got to bite your tongue, basically. You got to just bite your tongue and give a good service. In any type of business you do, in anything you do, you got to be that way.
0: So, yeah, yeah, you listening, man. You hearing all this. Uh, that's coming from him. If you're self-determinated and uh, you know, you're know you on the brink of like trying to do your own business, Danny came on the show. We talked for part two. Uh, we didn't want to really, uh, you know, babble on the whole soul thing. We kind of did that in, in episode one. He really wanted to come on here and, and help of, someone out there. Yeah, help someone listening like you guys listening, inspire. Um, yeah, This is a determined hustling man right here, man. Yeah. Uh, not, there's not too many real ones around like that that, that are, uh, you know, self-made. So, uh, yeah, man, so this is the Soul 101 podcast. Uh, we touched a little bit on the soul, some of the questions. I'm hoping to do a recap as well. I promised uh, uh, to do a recap with Nick Aguirre. That'll probably be a lot more soul orientated. Yeah, I'm hoping I'm there for that one. Yeah. You can he kept down. asking for me on that one. Yeah. Same thing with, uh, yeah. you know, John Dillinger. Uh, you know, have him back on for part two because there was just so much to talk about with the whole Tokers line, the whole Tokers CD. And of course, all my other future guests, like I said, I'm going to be having um, Norwalk Records and Sounds of Music on. Hopefully, I get them on ASAP. But, uh, um. Yeah, man. Before we go, I'm just gonna. Uh, uh, we're 20 years later, and uh, yeah, Danny, man. Uh, from what I'm hearing, uh, and from what we're gonna do, Liquid Image uh, is the main catalog for a lot of these uh, rare oldie compilations, and and some of the ones that are the big dogs, you know, the ones with the with the with the uh, large catalogs, like the Lost Soul, my my Gangster Soul Harmony and of course and so many many
2: others that you that don't even have my logo on there that were represses for before i was even around i was repressing they would other labels would call me and say hey we'll send you the artwork right and the music can we get it done and i would say of course and yeah but my name's on any of that stuff i had to leave it original and respect what was previously done so there's uh, so much stuff out there
0: yeah so we're gonna probably take it out real quick but um yeah, real quick, I just to put it out there, man, 2020 uh, is looking pretty pretty dope. I'm, we're going to have Danny, you know, I'm going to have him involved with the soul scene once again because it's like a resurgence. So 20 years later, oh, yeah. it's like, you know, it's well. Just, to be, just <laughs> to be clear, I'm uh-huh. retired, but only George has
2: access to all the stuff that I had repurchased because every company at some point when it can afford it should have their own marketing uh, equipment. So when I did rebuy everything... I called George and said, I got everything, so if you need anything, it's here for you. So you do see some of his posts where he's looking looks like he's at a a print shop. It's actually my house. And he's there printing posters and getting
0: decal or or getting artwork done. Well that's what I'm that's what I'm headed into right now, man. It's twenty years later. And I think, um, you know, the whole catalog you have is Liquid Image. It's not about me. It's not about Gangsters of Harmony. Right. It's not just about, you know, Nick Aguirre and the Soulful Things line. It's not just about Lost Soul and Robert Ramos and Sal Rodriguez and what they contributed. It's a major part. But Danny was uh, the hubble for like all that. So, right. Um, yeah. We're, 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 we're in 2020, man. Uh, we're going to do a, He's going to expose an art gallery. Yeah. The Liquid yeah. Image. He's going to release all that shit. Yeah.
1: And that's going to be crucial, dude. That's going to be crucial and mind-blowing. And I think, honestly, like, regardless of what the opinion is about, you know, social media and the whole soul scene and whatnot, I think that folks are still going to come to really appreciate with y'all continuing to document this and, man, to just put that out there through an exhibit that's really really what it's about yeah the document no you're you're very crucial yeah you're very crucial to to a lot of the visual Mm -hmm. imagery that if nothing else like yeah many of the times so
0: we're working on it no sorry go ahead
1: i was just gonna say if nothing else many of the times aside from the records you know the visuals that you were able to just have your hand in every single step of that entire process i mean man one man shop right here, like yeah. dude, you deserve props oh, for appreciate sure. Appreciate it,
0: yeah, thank you. Yeah, man, definitely. And like I said, twenty years later, we're gonna put it all out there—the liquid image uh, art that's gallery. That's in Japan, right? Yeah, that, that's that's gonna be in Japan. Yeah, that's so huge. It's gonna be all like you know the the soulful things catalog, art gallery, everything this man touched. Well, all yeah. the, the the major players that this man. Touched, as far as the soul scene goes, as far yeah. as the soul, yeah. well, the soul compilations, compilation, not, not yeah. so much the scene, scene, but just yeah, the, the, yeah, the soul comps. Yeah. You know, so the Soul camps he's created. You know, under his um, company, Liquid Image, he's gonna uh, you know they're we're gonna have a an art gallery, a Liquid Image art gallery. It's not really it's not really about me. It's just about the stuff he's put under his umbrella. He's gonna uh, showcase all the art. And there's a lot of lost archives, not lost, but there's a lot of archives that you have in your computer that we've created. No one's ever seen. No one's ever seen. Yeah, and you're gonna, see it. you're gonna see. You're gonna see at this exhibit.
1: Yeah. And that's really exciting. And again, to just hear like where this all traced from, even the most like humbling of stories. And I think all of that is just, it's beautiful to hear all of that because it really does. You know, years down the line, you know, like it gives a visual of like, man, like this is where it began yeah. for a lot of these cats. I mean, just even hearing of your struggles oh. and how like all of yeah, that started. Yeah, we didn't really started, get into you know? the, sh- the
0: struggle was real, man. The struggle was, uh, it was no, crazy.
1: And it, it's, it's so important to hear these things because you wonder a lot about that with the artists behind these records. You know, I've asked mm-hmm. you questions about what's the backstory, but we don't have no documentation. Right it's very limited with a lot of the more underground like really rare yeah folk, the artists but, of these songs you know, themselves and you, you really wonder and, and wish to learn like just every little thing and so this is why it really matters all of us being here at the table today and well, that's and what talking i'm saying Yeah, as, it, as long you
0: know? as i'm breathing and i'm alive i'm gonna try i'm like you know what like i'm gonna I'm gonna try to document as much and bring people on who played a role a pivotal role in the building of the scene i'm gonna try to have them on with podcast and 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 even those who don't play a pivotal role but even those who are just in the scene i'm gonna try to have everybody on and just document their story you know and and that's what i really like
2: about this podcast show you got going on is that you're going behind the scenes yeah and i mean that is like there's no one else doing that yeah that's amazing it really is amazing thank you man yeah
0: i i I mean it has to be done yeah And I, and I was there, you know, I'm one of the rare ones from the 90s who remember, who have access to these people to bring them on. I have relationships with these people. Some people don't have that relationship to where they'll come on a show for them. Like, oh, I don't really know this cat. Like, I don't know, but I'm fortunate and blessed enough to know. Like, like I just called Richard Sneed from Norwalk and, and Mario. Those are like family. They're like, oh, yeah, for you, George. Like, yeah, we're on there. Like, that's yeah. dope. That's and great. again,
1: you know, you're introducing this to a lot so of people. So I don't want to take for, for granted, yeah. like, who
0: I know and what I have at my – at my hands to, to bring on so i'm like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna play this to my advantage and i'm gonna you know let's share the, let's share some history let's share some backstories yeah. let's talk about the uh, stuff so yeah man so 2020 looking really dope i'm glad danny's uh you know coming back and, and and we're gonna put this uh this art exhibit together it's gonna be mind-blowing it's gonna be pretty dope man it's gonna be the first ever because you see hip-hop dudes doing it like you said that hip-hop uh place you went to what was that
1: contact high exhibit Content yeah so you know at the there's a bunch of exhibits for hip-hop space. and and, and, and a even bunch little exhibits. spots man especially like you know in in places that are overshadowed like here sgv or in south central you know we right. see a lot of like um shout out to black and beans project recently they did some stuff and you know similar artwork just like what you were honoring mm-hmm. um through the yeah. city comps right yeah. and it, what was cool is that you said you didn't even want to take the credit for that
0: yeah i didn't want to change it you know yeah so um what do you think about that, man? Like an art exhibit where it's finally uh, someone shedding some light on the rare soul, the birth of it, like some some of the comp, some of you know, having an exhibit about it like that. Well, I What's mean, as take? I mentioned,
1: you know, like I think it's a very crucial part. Is specifically just speaking from the L.A. community, you know, but it's a very crucial element to our overall identity and culture across this landscape right here. But it has definitely like just it's it's impacted so many other places worldwide and we talk about japan we got our eyes on japan because japan is it's a one japan europe
0: cultures. it's gonna be um, it's a japan thing for sure but I'm, I'm gonna try to i'm gonna try to you know it's gonna try to become a japan europe tour first and then i will tie in and come back home yeah. you know because sadly i mean uh you know like you we've talked about it briefly we're gonna end the podcast so we're, we're just about 10 minutes in um uh, about five ten minutes, I'm probably gonna, or maybe even sooner. But uh, you know, we were talking before the podcast about like you know like why is it that people go overseas and you know I just feel that the appreciation is there more. It's sad, but it's a, it's a it's the truth. Yeah. You know, it's a sad truth is like if you try to do something home, you don't get you know you don't get love home. It's really I mean you do, but not like you do like doing something overseas you know it's got to be done it it just seems that's the not the trend but that's just
1: and that's noticeable for a lot yeah in hip-hop yeah in hip-hop too you
0: know you know like you know if i try to do like that art exhibit here at home who's gonna show up to it it
1: it gets taken for granted sometimes you know and i think the reason why a lot of times it's also cherished overseas because it wasn't many a times birthed from that community and it's very rare like once in a blue moon that they they get to get access directly to the folks that were behind those creations so i think that's why the excitement is also there of course and it's very high you know yeah so
0: um then they embrace the hell out of it out there in japan too we're gonna do question and answer out there it's gonna be a it's it's already like looking to be pretty epic pretty dope We're we're gonna go there we're gonna do question and answers um um i'm hoping you know nick gets to make the journey with us because his his uh line will be featured yeah. um i'm not sure if we could you get should a hold. come
2: with us too since you're really good at the interviewing yeah you thank know. you i appreciate yeah, that yeah, yeah so 2020
0: 20, 20 man yeah. um didn't want it to count out the bag but that's uh because you never know what could happen in the future you know that's why i really don't like to, i really don't like to speak on stuff that I'm about to do, you never do that, you know. Mm-hmm. But we're at a podcast, and it just it just felt like it was no, okay we gotta to, make it okay to talk about. You
1: never know who's listening, and you know anything can happen. Yeah, I mean, we're tomorrow. taking
0: any kind of help is appreciated. If yeah. if you want to see this happen, I mean, dope. Like you know, just contact me. And if you out. Yeah, if Doing if you could out. add to this, you know, thing. If you're from Japan and you could add to this uh, or have us, you know, because obviously we're gonna bring records too and play. So you know yeah just saying, anyhow man, uh we gotta wrap this up. This is the uh soul one o one podcast. uh, I wish we had more time to keep talking. There's so much more to talk about, but uh we gotta we gotta get going so until episode six happens, and hopefully um you know I've been working like I said to try to get uh richard sneed and and sounds of music and, and you know my good buddies at those record stores together. that's my next focus to get them on, but if not, we'll get another guest. We're gonna keep this going. We're gonna keep talking, keep revealing, keep sharing stories, backstories, and history, man. That's what it's all about. And uh questions, man. Like, please, I'm um, at the Vinyl Life on Instagram. You could DM me. You have any questions that I'm we we missed here? Because I'm sure we missed a shit ton of questions. So I'm all up for answering any kind of questions you guys want to give me, or if you want to, uh, you know, DM message cause out cause Z32. Uh, yeah, they can uh,
2: message me if you have any questions about, you know trying to be in business or advice i don't right. mind you know messaging them back that's fine
0: so i'm gonna take you out with a little instrumental man this is uh it's been an honor to do this it's been an honor to you know to keep uh this going and hope it grows and i appreciate you having and bigger but uh, you know me on the show yeah man yeah, thank you for it, coming back you know, for part two and, and and you uh you know uh you know talking about your uh your business aspect and how you're doing everything it's dope but, yeah, man, I'm, I'm glad that you're back 20 years later. We're going to tie you in now. Yeah. And that exhibit, man, looking forward to it. Appreciate it. No problem, man. Much love to everybody listening. Uh, spread the word, man. Let people know if they want some backstory, some history. Uh, they could get it right here on the Soul One podcast here on SoundCloud. And soon to be. And thanks,
2: Evie, for coming through on the request. I appreciate that. It was
0: really a pleasure to meet you.
2: Likewise. Yeah.
1: Likewise. Thank you all for having me here. I'm yeah. definitely excited yeah, very, to very see cool. what else is in store because it is not going to stop.
2: Right.
0: Hell no. All right, man. Thank you. Soul 101 podcast, man. Spread the word, spread the love. Peace. Take you out with the jam.